in uh, so we met in 2018 in the Con yeah. conference in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, or as I refer to it, no service on a Sunday, Kentucky. Not even the <laughs> hotel. <laughs> I was astonished by that. Yeah. When we finished. Um, I came to grab a drink or something to eat, and mm-hmm. somebody told me, "No, that the hotel doesn't serve anybody in the hotel on a Sunday." <laughs> I'm sure that was really surprising for you. It was insane. I was, I felt like I was in the eighties or something because in this country, I, re- I remember when they started serving people on a Sunday mm-hmm. in this country. But that was shops and things. I mean, um, not hotels. If you were staying in the hotel, you could pretty much guarantee they would like give you a cup of tea and something to eat. <laughs> and these guys were just out. No, sorry, it's Sunday. You're just going to have to fend for yourself. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh. Strange. So we met there, and um, uh, with your mom, your awesome mom. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just was really impressed by you guys, and I thought, wow, you know, these are really, really great guys. And the more I got to know you since then, online, mm-hmm. I could see that you're actually not, you know, you are a serial Sasquatcher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. I picked up a couple of hints over. Yeah. Over Right. <laughs> and again, pops up on your timeline. Yeah. Sort of, uh, Scorching thing. But now that you decided to do it as a thing, you're becoming a researcher. You're sort of going into this this um, crazy world of career cryptozoology, right? Yes, I am. I'm actually working on a book right now as well. Oh, great. Okay, and yes. it's, it's um, tell us about that. It sounds very interesting. Um, it's called the uh, biological possibility of Sasquatch. And I want to base it on, you know, when you ask people if they believe in Sasquatch, they immediately people are very much like, no, what do you mean? They avoid that question. So I'm focusing more on the possibility of it. And I want to show like if it was a species, how many would need to be in the species for it to continue, what they need to in order to survive, how they could survive in the United States without being detected. I want to base it on very scientific analysis and uh, investigation. And I just want to introduce people to the possibility of it instead of leaving the black and white picture of yes or no. I think that's a very good way to go about it because essentially um, you can't refute facts, can you? So, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fact of um, the plausible habitat, the fact of plausible yeah. um, prey species or the, mm-hmm. the foodstuffs for it to survive on, I'm guessing you probably... Uh, touch a lot upon um, uh, casts and footprints and uh, oh yes and, like <laughs> and there's something I love on your on your profile pic it's the, mm-hmm. the handprint um, so tell us about that one I know that's a very famous print and you've got a, a it's a duplicate cast obviously but t- tell yes. us about that print um, I got it at Crypticon actually from okay. uh, Cliff Barackman I got it from him and um, he told me it was uh, casted in Washington in 1970. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually another handprint that was casted with it. So it was a fly hand on the ground and another one where it was digging into the ground. Like it was wow. essentially climbing. Uh-huh. And so I immediately loved it and got it from there. <laughs> and it's huge. Yes, it is huge. I mean, yeah, it's really, really big. It's really, really big. way bigger than my hand. <laughs> uh, mine too, probably. Well, I've, I've seen the pick and I've, seen, yeah. I've never seen them up close. But they, whoever yeah. I see with one of these duplicates, they always look absolutely huge. And it's, 
it's something about the American scene I being here in the UK I really, really love. Is mm. at least there are tracks, at least there are handprints in some cases. There's yeah. the Skookum cast and all those yes. types of things. There's ten thousand estimated sightings. There's a lot of sightings, mm. and it's mostly in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it ra- really ranges in California and Oregon and Washington. I mean, that would make sense to mm-hmm. me. It's it, such a rural area, too, so it makes perfect sense. I heard, um, I think I heard Russell Cord say that, uh, especially in parts of the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. while flying over the forest there, that they say planes have gone down there, like airliners have gone down there that they've never found. Mm-hmm. It's such is, a vast wilderness and it's huge. And I think a lot of people forget that is how mm-hmm. big our forests really are in the United States. And it's re- if you're lost, it's a needle in a haystack to find you. You know, it's incredible and it's beautiful, but it's also very dangerous as well. Grizzlies, brown bear, mm-hmm. cougars, wolves, coyotes, a lot people. of <laughs> people. <laughs> There's a lot of predatory species in our woods in America. And what I believe is wherever a bear can live, I think it's plausible for a Sasquatch to live as well. Yeah. I mean, if if bears can live and you you cannot see them, so I mean, Mm -hmm. if they can live somewhere you don't see them often, then I think that's a a great name. That's a big, the big bulky animal. And they have a very high population too. So they have such a high population, but they're so elusive as well. What what kind of numbers do you think we're looking at for um for brown bear or grizzly? I think you call them right. Is, is brown bear and grizzly is the same thing essentially, isn't it? I think essentially, it's just sort of yeah. One location and uh, the brown bear is a little bit bigger than the grizzly. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was the opposite way around because of the the mean name that the the, the former has. <laughs> um, if you're a grizzly, you think you'd be the, yeah. the bad guy, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so what kind of numbers <laughs> do you think we're looking at for in that particular part? Of, in of that the particular country? part, there's um, I'm trying to think of the exact number of the population, but it's high. You know, it's a they're especially in like uh, the territories that they have and stuff like that. Um, when uh, the salmon run comes. There's bears everywhere, and you really see how many there are that just you don't see, and it's incredible. You know, there and even in Michigan, we have a lot of black bear. But I'm an avid hunter, and I've only seen I've seen uh, two in my life, and right. I've heard one. So it's they're everywhere, but you just don't see them. Oh, and I mean, you're literally out in the woods every hunting season. I've seen mm-hmm. the pictures with deer and turkey. Yes. Um, and uh, boar? Do you hunt wild pigs? No, are they I don't. Wild pigs or wild? Um, they're wild boar. I don't hunt boar. I mostly do whitetail and uh, turkey hunting in Michigan. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that type of deer you call elk, is that right? Yes. Okay. Which is the same as the red deer, I think. <laughs> there's uh, whitetail deer, and then yeah. there's elk, which is way bigger. And then we also yeah. have moose in uh, Michigan as well. Okay, now moose, that, that's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> because they're huge. What is it? Eight they are huge. Something? Yeah, they're huge. And, and grumpy? They're, they're very grumpy. <laughs> and especially uh, the males during uh, the rut, they're extremely oh, yeah. aggressive. Now, what I'm going to tell you really seems a little bit 
measly after your story of being out in the woods and hunting all the time and you know with bear and moose and the rest of it but there's a a, a park near here so london has lots of little parks scattered around and they're quite big a lot of them and the one near me and i'm on the border of surrey has a lot of deer um they're fallow deer and and red deer mm-hmm. mostly and every september sort of october to november a couple of people get attacked because they get too close to photographing yeah. the rat like yeah. idiots uh, whereas <laughs> I like to go and look at the deer but generally speaking I never go in there between October and November okay. not even for a stroll <laughs> because those guys are grumpy they are know? very grumpy and they're huge red deer they're absolutely huge um, anyway I'm sort of digressing here it's very interesting to me that you've only ever seen two black bear in all your years of hunting Yep. And uh, the one, the two times I've seen them, I haven't even been hunting. Uh, the first time I was six years old and I was on the four wheeler with my grandfather and we saw one. And then uh, 2018, I was driving towards the Upper Peninsula and I just saw one cross the road. I only heard one under me while I was hunting. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really strange. Yep. Are they dangerous? They can be for sure. Um, especially uh, mother bears. It's my uh, great grandfather. One time was walking, uh, and we own pro- we are my my grandfather's a part of the uh, hunting club, mm-hmm. and it's called the Lincoln Hunting Club. And he'll one he told me a story if he was you know working on his blind and he saw a baby cub in the tree, but he didn't uh. know where it was, and he got out of there <laughs> because with a black bear, whenever like the mom yeah. senses any kind of danger, the babies will run up the tree to protect themselves. So he was like, oh, I got to yeah. get out of here. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit nervous about it. When I was um, in Vermont, I think it was Vermont. I think mm-hmm. they have some black bear there in Vermont and some yeah. moose as well. And I was down at the, a bay in the dark looking for champ. And it was completely dark. And we had just this, um, I forget what the scope's called some sort of light vision scope anyway mm. and um but it's black and white yeah and uh then it was just mentioned to me just randomly oh you know occasionally a black bear and moose around here hope we don't see any it's like, <laughs> like, oh god that's nothing to tell me right now i'm i, I, I tell you that when it's pitch black <laughs> i've got a phobia of bears which is strange for somebody who lives in land with no bears um right yeah and it's not like some sort of weird poo bear throwback thing you know yeah uh, when i was a kid no it's just something strange about an animal that can run as fast as a horse and climb and dig and swim and you know you want some kind of options to get away from the sea right? yeah. <laughs> and i don't shoot because we don't have guns so yeah we just have to talk nicely to it i guess <laughs> to calm it down somehow just talk calm to it, it down. it's my calm tones to calm it down say come on bear Let's not have any of this silliness now. You're being <laughs> facetious and say something You're like being that. irrational. Calm down. You're being it's irrational. Okay. Calm down. Let's look at this scientifically. I'm not a prey item. Let's just move on. I'm sure that would work really well. Um, <laughs> uh, talking about Sasquatch, Bigfoot, mm. in Michigan, I mean, there's a lot of forest, you know, and yeah. when I was watching the uh, being part of the BFRO mm-hmm. group for years and years and years, and when I was watching that Finding Bigfoot program that we both love, including yeah. that you know the lovely um, people who presented it, 
you would get the impression that they're Bigfoot sightings across the U.S. Now, I know that TV has to sort of, you know, continue when a good mm. series is going on. You've got to find more places to go. Do you yeah. think there are Bigfoots in, in Michigan? Are there credible sightings? Yes, there is. Actually, uh, my hometown had its very own uh, Monroe Monster in the 1960s. Oh. So and uh, there's been sightings all over, especially northern Michigan, uh, where my property is. We also fish at a place uh, called Fletcher's Pond. There's been a couple sightings there. All oh. and uh, when uh, the B, uh, Finding Bigfoot made their book, um, I believe it was like in 2012. Mm-hmm. I was going through it, and there's actually a list, and Michigan is number seven with the most uh, out of the top ten for the most sightings in the United really? States. Yes. Wow. Have you ever met anybody there personally who's told you about a sighting? After after my radio interview, I've had a few people actually contact me wanting to share their sightings and saying like they saw something hutched over on the side of the road and they'll give me the locations and stuff like that. It's really exciting. (laughs) Well, look, it's exciting. I know you're, I don't want to be um, patronizing. You're not at the beginning of the journey because you've been mm-hmm. into this for years, but I mean, to start to do it from a, yes. I suppose, from a serious point of view is mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And um, I think that's you know, just a wonderful thing. Um, from experience, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, take a friend with you. I've met some strange people <laughs> when going to investigate sightings and a couple of times I've been a bit unsure as to whether I've been drawn out there for other reasons. Um, yeah. Just a strange thing, I suppose. So, yeah, there you go. Take somebody with you. Take a friend. And I'm sure you'll be armed and dangerous when you arrive as well. Um, All the Wi-Fi live. um, 4G terribly because they want you to have 5G. (laughs) That's just what I've come up Mm. with. Either that or, of course, everybody is on lockdown and at home using up all the bandwidth. That oh, yeah. That logical thing you get. Um, is it a conspiracy or is it just because everybody's using it? Um, I know which one yeah. I go. I'm <laughs> very interested in with you, actually, mm-hmm. with your hunting experience, is actually mm-hmm. what these skills that you have, that you've developed mm-hmm. with hunting and stalking animals, how can you, how can you th- apply these to searching for Bigfoot? Which one of those um, the, techniques or what group of them would you apply to searching for Bigfoot? Honestly, I would use a bit of all of them because for me being a hunter, you know, you have to, the art of tracking is looking into the woods and seeing what is out of place and what is normal. Mm-hmm. So with being in the woods for years, I can tell what's off or like if a tree is cut down, I can see whether it was cut down or if it fell from rot. And especially when it comes to like uh, tree breaks, um, there's allegedly Sasquatches will break trees and as like a territorial meaning. So when the the tree is broken a certain way, you're allowed this way, but don't come in here. So what I would use is you can tell whether or not the tree just fell from rot or wind or, you know, snow, uh, too much heavy snow because Michigan gets a ton of snow in the winter. And or if it was forced, and you can also tell like how long it had been broken for just by like based on what like the vegetation growing around it and stuff like that. 
And then with being a hunter too, I know a lot of different food sources that are plentiful in Michigan all year round that, and other, you know, zoological specialized animals eat every day. So I can apply that to, okay, if there's a Sasquatch in Michigan, it'd probably eat these too, you know? So I can decipher certain things like that. I I think, I mean, for me, those skills are invaluable in this kind of mm-hmm. hunt, especially being able to read the forest. So many times mm-hmm. I'm, you've probably gotten used to my bugbears over the years of the sticks mm-hmm. and stones phenomena. And yeah. <laughs> It's very clear sometimes, especially you mentioned snowfall in Michigan. Well, yeah, lots yeah. Parts of the UK, it's very windy mm-hmm. and trees fall all the time because yeah. it, the wind pushes them down. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, in the following days, I see if it's been very windy, actually, for a, mm-hmm. a, a few days, the following weeks, I expect to see lots of tree break pictures coming up on Bigfoot sites <laughs> in those areas. Yeah. And I look for them and say, okay, so <clears throat> high winds are over. Let's see what's going on. And sure enough, there they are. You know, oh, well, I found an X. I found a this, I found a that. With tree breaks too from, you know, alleged Sasquatches, there's, if it's tree breaks from natural causes with wind and stuff like that, it's very random. But with tree breaks, you know, from alleged Sasquatches, they find them in a pattern or like in a line that is at the same height. That's, you know, not the trees didn't break from rot and stuff like that. So that's why they end up being incredible yeah. compared to just a bunch of broken trees. <laughs> and have you ever seen sign like that, that that's convinced you that with your experience at the forest that something other than natural means has made those tree breaks i personally have not um for me i haven't done a lot of on the field research yet i've been mostly reading and getting as much knowledge as i can before i start doing my own field investigation because i don't want to go in there without having the knowledgeable resources to decipher what's credible and what's not otherwise i'm going to be I won't be credible and it'll damage my reliability. But so I mean, for, just from the perspective of, of a hunter, when you're in there and you're saying, that's strange, that mm-hmm. tree looks odd. I, either mm-hmm. a person's come along and done that because I don't right. think that was the weather or I don't think mm-hmm. that was a bear or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, we've definitely like heard things that we were like, hmm. like, you know, at night you hear calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We definitely, you know, heard stuff and been like, that doesn't sound normal you know there's something mm. off to that but we've never seen anything that i but that i would credibly say is a sasquatch sighting or encounter that's amazing and everybody obviously has these these um, these ideas in their mind we've seen a lot of sasquatch evidence in the form of footage mm. some of it good some of it not so good for you outside mm. of the patterson gimlin footage because that would make mm. it too easy What's your favorite? <laughs> what do you think is the most credible piece of Bigfoot footage for you outside of Patterson Gimlin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, think on that for a minute because I love the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah. Um, I really like, there's one, I'm not entirely sure what state it was in, but there's a uh, video of, you know, this family was out and they were just filming, you know, the family and stuff like that. And in the background, you can see what, they, people believe to be a baby Sasquatch jumping off an older one and then swinging in the trees in the background. Um, and it's obviously some kind of primate with how it mm. swings and grabs onto the trees, but we don't have primates in 
North America that are national. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. But it's a sort of a camp, a cookout happening in the woods somewhere. Yeah. And off in the distance. And it's yeah. from the 90s or something. It's it's tape. Yeah. Not digital. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good one. I like that one very much. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean, that's a good answer. I don't know, apart from the Patterson Gimlin, what I actually could. I, the Freeman footage, obviously, I like that a lot. That's that's good yeah. footage. I mean, there are other bits and pieces, but we've just come so far with um, mm. Everyman Fakery. You know, the, the Adobe yeah. Photoshop is so good. <laughs> that you can literally, <laughs> you know, it really is. put some stuff together. Um, mm. Everybody asks about the Todd Standing stuff. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, uh, I was very interested in that. Yeah, I spoke to Jeff Melvin yeah. about that because he, he was in that documentary with him, discovering Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really compelling footage, right? Yeah. Really um, compelling. From what, but, from what I've been told from experts, he's not very yeah. reliable, and mm-hmm. uh, in his movie too, I think Bobo actually had uh, mentioned at Crypticon the year before or last year that uh he had hired a giant dude to be in his movie and that's what they think the sasquatch behind the tree was so i've been told different things but same exactly yeah i can't say anything definitive i can't say he's lying or if he's telling the truth (laughs) this is the problem and this is the the problem Mm -hmm. i have is um clearly people have been out with him like let's Stroud, like yeah. he's clearly an awesome outdoorsman. You know, he clearly yeah. has and Les Stroud, I find, is very reliable. Yeah. And uh, he's done, he's survived in so many locations and stuff like that. And even he's, uh, I listened to like him being on the radio and stuff like that, he, describing encounters that he doesn't know what could it, he mm. can't explain it. And the only plausible thing that it could be is a Sasquatch, yeah. Yeah, but then Les isn't presenting us with three different, very clear Sasquatch full frontal face. Pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a uh, there's a wife, a friend of my wife. She's a uh, she was the head of uh, VFX for the the Hobbit movies and oh, a bunch of other things. And I got her to review that yeah. film uh-huh. for me and to say, look at That's the and I marked at the Sasquatch footage. You know the if you call it the Teddy Sasquatch and the the Blondie one yeah. and then the Devil Face Sasquatch at the end, that whole thing, yeah. And just say, I want you to tell me, could you could this be faked with CGI or yeah, cheering in CGI and the rest of it? And she looked mm-hmm. at it. She said, Yeah, it could be faked. Even with two D layering, you yeah. could fake it. Even with the mm-hmm. bit with the being behind the leaves, you could just lay those on afterwards to make it look more authentic. But she said, and even yeah. with some very some makeup and some even animatronics in some cases you could do that but she noted on the on the very blonde looking one actually mm-hmm. if you look very closely you can see eye movement yeah uh, and then and in then on the blinky or teddy squatch whatever it's called mm-hmm. later she noted if that is makeup it's coming right underneath the eyelid and that mm-hmm. would be if we're full contact lenses that would be very painful yeah uh, because that be kind of painful. makeup yeah, it hurts a lot uh, to have that sort of uh, latex makeup on or whatever they use now. And mm. her view was, yes, it could be fake, but if they're fakes, they're very good fakes. Mm. And the quality of the documentary 
doesn't seem to match up with the quality of the fakes. Mm-hmm. I did mention there was a ten-year gap to her between the documentary and the the fakes. You know, maybe he had some great people, yeah. and now he has these production companies, perhaps. <laughs> but it's one of these weird things. You look at it; mm-hmm. something seems off. Jeff Brown explains it. He's just not a very likable person. I mean, publicly, the way he yeah. comes across, he's, you don't mm-hmm. like him when you hear him speak. Yeah. Did you uh, see the? I believe it was last year he was uh, uh, coming forward in court with his Sasquatch and research and everything to try to prove rec- it exists. Species recognition and protection. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I didn't bother watching it. I kind of I didn't either. <laughs> well, I knew the outcome, what, what the yeah. outcome would be. So it was kind of seemed just like publicity. You know going to really get species recognition for species you yeah. can't predict exist. Well, as uh, Bobo and Jeff Meldrum and many others have said, at this point with how the taboo, the Sasquatch subject is in the scientific field, the only way now to prove it is that whether you have remains or a body at this yeah, point. Because, right. you know, there's hair and tracks and vocalizations and multiple things, you know, but without a physical thing for them to look at and study on it's not going to be classified as a species no i agree with that and in your opinion it do you think it is a physical thing or do you think it's something supernatural i mean that's the other camp in bigfoot i believe it's a biological species i don't i don't think it has powers by anything mm. any means or anything like that i think it's a real zoological discovery that's based on fact and science it's exactly what i believe exactly what i believe mm-hmm. there's something that somebody said to me before and i kind of it, it rang home quite clearly that mm-hmm. perhaps uh, in western society at the moment because we've got this absence of corporate religion that we used to have for so long with that missing perhaps there's this little hole now people are trying to fill with their beliefs and maybe they they project beliefs onto the sasquatch mm-hmm. you know personal spiritual well, beliefs onto it yeah that's what happened with uh actually the discovery of gorillas and orangutans uh the local people that would report them reported them as being you know spiritual beings and mm. you know people with higher powers and now we just know them as gorillas and orangutans exactly. but for them at the time it was a you know spiritual animal that they respected and sometimes even feared mm-hmm. it makes sense to me uh look at the okapi was it 1903 oh, or yeah. try describing that to somebody before it was well it's kind of like a horse with a short giraffe's neck and zebra legs two horns on its head well, like, come on <laughs> that was the same thing with the platypus um, a beaver yeah. with a duck bill that's you know, kind of a poison tooth, a chloris. Yeah, you'll know it sounds crazy. Yeah, (laughs) they really do. They sound crazy. Um, a giant Mm -hmm. mouse with a a pouch (laughs) in the front of its belly (laughs) hops across the land carrying its children and (laughs) disembowel you. They call it punch you in the face. (laughs) And they use their tails for balance and they can (sighs) lean on their tails. Stuff like they're that. Oh, vicious. They're vicious. You know. Yes. 
I don't mean to 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 curse, but I've said it before. I said it again. Kangaroos are ourselves. <laughs> they really oh are. yes. <laughs> they are horrible creatures. I've seen the videos. <laughs> They're so awful. Um, talking about the, the future, the future of Sasquatch, because it clearly, and I said this to Bobo, uh, I think when I was talking to him, whether they believe they made this big impact on the genre or not, it kind of really restarted with their show and blew up from there and turned into this huge industry now. I'm not saying everybody's mm-hmm. out there making money, but there's a big commercial aspect to it. It seems like there's a much um, uh, there's a much greater need for Sasquatch evidence than there is a supply for it. You know, we can't really fulfill yeah. the demand. So, you know, how do you how do we cope with that really? Because everybody's once and once you start a page or you you bring evidence out, you, you realize that people are asking for more and more all the time, and some people succumb to that and just yeah. give them spurious evidence. I'm not yeah. going to go into the red circles and the blurry bushes and things. Um, yeah. You know, where do you think we go from here with this? How can we turn it around? Obviously, you're going from a you're coming from a scientific point of view now. I think you have to have just people that are, you know, have the educations necessary to go out and get scientific research done and have it reliably done based on the, you know, scientific hypothesis and everything else. You need to really focus on facts and collecting that data so that it can be compared later. And then we can, you know, create a, a put together a puzzle that's been around for years. Yeah. And I think it just, you need more people that believe that it is a matter that needs to be studied because a lot of people mm-hmm. in the scientific field don't, you know, people ruin their reputations going and looking mm-hmm. for Sasquatch and everything else. So it's very taboo, very just people will very disregard it without a second thought and so it t- I think it really takes the people that think it's a reliable thing to look into in order to move forward and get more evidence and collect more evidence and then eventually hopefully classify it as a zoological creature no absolutely I, I couldn't agree with you more um okay I mean I, I that, that I think that is the way forward talking to yourself mm-hmm. personally and if you are the people it's low and I'm loath to use this term but, you know, I have to accept reality and where I am at the moment. A few younger people uh, who are treating this. <laughs> I hate saying it because I feel so horribly old when I say that. Um, but what I mean by that is is um, new people are getting mm. into it. And, and they, they have a longer life cycle than some of the folks that have been in it for a while. <laughs> So they can continue it on. I'm being very mm-hmm. delicate about this. There's, there are a lot of people who've been here for a long time. Yes. And let's not say they may not have 40 years ahead of them. So it's good that you guys are coming along. So, I mean, it's good to see that a lot of the people I've talked to recently are actually approaching this from a you know, scientific point of yeah. view because um, there's, there's a problem. In, in believing in Sasquatch and looking for it. And the problem is confirmation mm-hmm. bias because you believe in it. So, I mean, how would you, um, how would you rectify that issue? You believe in Bigfoot as a creature that exists and you want to find mm-hmm. it, you want to do it scientifically. So how do you, 
how would you cope with that bias out in the field? Um, I think what you really have to do is get an education based, like go to college and get a bi uh, biology degree, zoology, something that you can take from that field and then apply it to the Bigfoot field in order to really come at the subject scientifically in order, you know, to because then you have that prior knowledge to base it on. If you are a primatologist and you know apes, you can compare sightings to, you know, known apes because a lot of Sasquatch sightings are connected to gorilla attributes. Like with the Patterson-Gimlin film, when uh, she turns and looks at the camera, gorillas also have to turn their whole bodies in order to mm. look at something because of their short necks. Mm. So I think you really need that prior knowledge based on another thing in order to apply it to the Sasquatch field to be credible and reliable as well. Yeah, I, I, that, that, I mean, that's perfect. That rings true to me about the Freeman footage as well, by the way. Even though mm -hmm. it's a lot blurrier, the creature turns fully. It's like yes. it's, its whole body just to, to have a look at them. Um, we have a lot of sightings here in the UK. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that's quite controversial. There are hundreds of sightings. And, of course, we have this Woodwoes and, and Green Man uh, history. Mm -hmm. And lots of the churches and the cathedrals actually have carvings of hairy men on them. Mm -hmm. And they could have, that could have a, a pagan root in, because um, they're usually carrying sticks or clubs in the god Heracles or, or even Hearn in some respects, I guess. Is there an equivalent in Native American folklore of a, a depicted equivalent of a hairy creature, a hairy man like creature? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, the I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called. The the hairy man, hairy man pictograph, and um, they're in California. There and it's a family of Sasquatch. You know, there's a giant one. There's a female one with the baby next to it. And actually, the uh, Hoopa tribe in California as well. They have a, you know, the, it's called the Seven Grandfather Teachings. Mm. And there's many animals, and each animal. Um, is connected to a certain attribute. So the buffalo is courage and the wolf is humility. While the Sabe, which is Sasquatch in their language, is honesty. And these are all normal animals. So why would they have a Sasquatch in there if it, they didn't believe it was a reliable animal to put into their teachings? Kind of like the Chinese zodiac. Yes. You have all these really random very normal animals, rats, you know, mm -hmm. etc., uh, rabbits, and a dragon. You know, yeah. kind of what. Um, and coming from a country that has a dragon yeah. on its flag, Wales, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's kind of a strange thing. I always wondered yeah. how you come that. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to get, get to grips with at the moment is the psychological mm. side of reported sightings. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is trying to identify if there is a need, a certain psychological need in some people to come and give you this elaborate story, you know, the details of what a mm. Sasquatch looks like and behaves like. Mm. It's kind of familiar to a lot of people now, if they know where to look. And mm. even the little sort of keys and tells of uh, what makes a sighting bona fide. H have you ever experienced a situation where you, you think you could be being led astray by, by somebody who's experiencing some sort of yeah. mental health issue with the, the, these types of things? Or 
do you think it's something that gives people meaning sometimes to the point where their imagination runs away with them? Yes, I definitely think that, especially people that are like overzealous, that are just, you know, if you go out looking for something, you're going to find something. So I think a lot of people, you know, if they're overexcited to look for Bigfoot evidence, they can misinterpret something that's very common and normal to Sasquatch evidence. Like uh, with bears and what they tend to do is they tend to walk over their own tracks. Mm -hmm. So a grizzly could be walking and it'll end up looking like a Bigfoot track, but it's not. And there's ways to tell, like, uh, what they're the claw marks. Bears have non retractable claws. So you can tell with that. And you can tell, you know, if, say, you're looking at a track, if you look around, you'll see, you know, other signs of bear evidence and stuff mm. like that. But a lot of people, if they're overexcited about it, they'll just look at that and say, that's a Bigfoot. They won't go through their mind. Basically, I like to say, think like a skeptic. If you think something is a, something is Bigfoot evidence, process of elimination figure out if it truly is or not by yeah. comparing it to known things and then it's like okay it doesn't match this well it could be this doesn't match that you know i think people that get overly excited will just jump to conclusions without looking at it rationally mm. definitely well i've i've seen that here i've seen um, uh, lots of photographs of uh, human footprints essentially and the argument mm-hmm. is being what would a human be doing out here in the mud in the middle of winter and once or twice i've just had to point out that well you know a lot of running shoes that people wear now that's a certain style if you get risk call but it it just looks it masks your foot yeah it's like it's almost like a a rubber sock you know for your foot all the toes are present everything can be seen very very they're like those weird water shoes i've Yes. I, I don't think I'd wear them, but <laughs> yeah. I've definitely Weird seen freak them. water running shoes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's something strange about them anyway. And um, some people here, they're very into that. And, and you, know, you can see the curve and you can see the arch. Everything about the human foot is there and it's present. And yet, no, that's got to be a Sasquatch because why would people be out here barefoot? Um, I think one of the pictures somebody showed me, you could even see the. Um, the uh the logo <laughs> sort oh of my gosh. Yeah, I was like, no sorry that's no it's not that's funny yeah and Occam's razor you know even if you think nobody would be out here in the middle of the woods walking mm-hmm. there well that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be just means you yeah. wouldn't <laughs> most people wouldn't be, you know right. some, but somebody might uh there was a but little trail recently in the UK that picked up, uh, I was in the newspapers, uh, trail cam footage of a naked man on LSD, it turned out, um, in the forest, believing he was a tiger running all over the forest. And they picked him up oh on trail gosh. cam several times. Uh, it's the UK. Always more drugs in the countryside than the city. It's boring out there. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's boring out there. That's what somebody told me. Anyway, I don't live in the countryside. So... <laughs> Uh, he was literally, it was quite t- horribly graphic. That too. Is, yeah, I bet yeah. it was. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And why would you take your clothes off if you thought you were a tiger? Kind of strange. Especially if in the woods. 
if you were in a rural area by yourself, why would you? Maybe they I took mean, LSD survivor in the skills. woods <laughs> and then he ran off and this oh, where's Tim, you know, and oh gosh, he's in the newspapers naked being a tiger on LSD. Oh Tim. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that up and see look it up because it was, yeah, I mean, I'll never buy the morning papers again, let's put it that way. So, uh, <laughs> awful. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, there is that there is that skepticism. I, I like I like to, to to debunk my own theories. I like to yeah. just look at them and say, okay, well, you know, if I can debunk this, then some mm-hmm. skeptic is definitely going to tear this apart. You know, when I come to yeah. present it. But the strange mm-hmm. thing about cryptozoology in general and Bigfoot research is because there really aren't any experts. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a free-for-all. We can all kind of yeah. say, well, this is an idea. But how would you mm-hmm. gauge, you know, in your book, what would your mm-hmm. method be for for eliminating those ideas that just aren't plausible? What kind of process do you think you'd go through? A lot of them, because my research is very based on scientific evidence, so I really lean more towards people like John Green, Johnny Bendernagel, Jeff Meldrum, people with the credibility and the education and professionalism to back up their findings with credible, reliable proof and scientific analysis. And I think that's what really, for me personally, that's what I really base what books I read, what things I look. And, you know, what my research is based on is people with the scientific background in order to truly look at this from a scientific perspective rather than just an activist somewhere saying, here you go, here's a Bigfoot track. You know, I, I'd rather look at the professional field and I'd like to stick to that field. Just be, And with the scientific analysis that's brought up with it, it's incredibly important and, and credible. So I like and I think it's more plausible as well no definitely I've heard it is. crazy crazy theories for Sasquatch <laughs> I, I amazing ones yeah I mean some really really amazing ones uh, there was a an article I won't say where it came from recently and it it annoyed me because I, I like this site normally I really like this site anyway they published this article by a researcher who's a, a woman and I think she's got a book out and allegedly, a group of Sasquatch had been, you know, communicating with her near her home for a mm. long period of time. And she goes out, and she speaks to them, and leaves food for them. And uh, and then a group of dogmen are interacting with them, but they seem subordinate to the Sasquatch and a little bit shorter. And sometimes they carry mm. spears and wear like hauberks and girded belts and you know jewelry and stuff. And it was just matter of fact, no questions. Poof the article just there oh why hasn't she got any pictures well because then they don't like that it would be disrespectful i see them all the time mm. got this great interaction you know great details no pictures why not oh they wouldn't like that it's disrespectful to them is it disrespectful to them to tell everybody in this article <laughs> that you're seeing them right. your property? you're um, still being disrespectful if you're talking about it <laughs> You know, let everybody know. I mean, just figure out where you are that, that, that you're seeing mm-hmm. these things. It seems strange that people are very eager to believe 
in these things and, and to the point where you know i might post something and i haven't got a big site i might get maybe mm-hmm. you know, 20 likes or something on a bit of evidence and somebody mm-hmm. with this close blurry picture with a red circle around it i'll look and it'll be you know 2000 likes hundreds of comments well done keep up the good work you're really nailing it i'm just thinking what is this what is this weird need yeah. to believe the most crazy thing not something that even mm-hmm. seems slightly plausible not my thing but I, read, plausible. I read a book that annoyed me so much i it was incredibly asinine it was, i'm not going the title of it was uh i've never been to paris but i've seen bigfoot and the author talks about Sasquatch is turning invisible and stuff like that. At one point, a crow talks to her. And I'm just reading this. And I'm like, what the heck? Or No. <laughs> it was just so irritating to me. Because, you know, my research is so yeah. scientific-based. I don't view it as anything paranormal, anything supernatural or of higher power. So I was just like, this is crazy to even... I read the whole thing but it was a grueling process for me (laughs) (laughs) you read it so we don't have to basically exactly (laughs) oh god i mean you know i did say that it's a very good point here that um i do appreciate that some of the things i exclude in my mind from being a a reality like the woo for example in paranormal bigfoot um like even a lot of UFO and alien stuff, I, I find it difficult. Dogman, specifically Dogman, I really struggle with. But that's because I can't sort of slot it in some weird fossil record somewhere and say, well, maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so that I struggle with that. But I do realize that, you know, to a person that has no interest in this, mm. the thing there could be a Bigfoot or a Nessie is just mm. as crazy as saying there's a Dogman or Little yeah. Grey Alien. So... Whatever. we're all in the same camp to them we're all sheep to them yeah we just look different to yeah. each other <laughs> and you know i i wonder about that sometimes am i not giving it a chance because you know one man's bigfoot is another man's dog band you know that kind of thing yeah what do you think about we, that? um michigan has its own dogman actually um it's also very hard for me to see things like you know, dogman and take it as seriously as I do with Sasquatch. But I think because I think that's for me based. I think Sasquatch has more scientific analysis and evidence backing it up than dogman does, you know, because there's not tracks and hair samples and, you know, stuff like that for dogman compared to Sasquatch. So I think certain cryptids for me, have more reliability than others do because mm. uh in michigan as well we have uh these things called melon heads and melon heads <laughs> and the whole the story is that there was an insane asylum and uh you know the people did horrible things to the patient oh. and it caused their heads to get enlarged and they ended up running away and now they live in the woods of michigan so you know stuff like that it's just like Folklore. Really? Folklore yeah, yeah, folklore. <laughs> yeah. Modern folklore. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think that kind of stuff is amazing. I, I love the urban legends. The dogman thing, I know one or two very credible people who mm. absolutely swear that they've seen them. And that, to me, is causing a bit of an issue because I'm like, well, 
I don't yeah. think it's a lie. And you seem very, very serious. In fact, I was even also talking to Monica Rawlings, who is a Bigfoot mm. researcher with the, I forget the female group she was with. I think mm. she was the same group that found the Skookum cast. Anyway, um, she'd gone looking for Bigfoot all these years and never found it. And then driving down a suburban neighborhood one night, mm-hmm. a few years back, actually saw what she said was a dogman crouched, mm-hmm. ready to spring out at the side of the road and completely sure of it. So I yeah. mean, okay, that's, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't do anything about it. You can't argue with it. You <laughs> can't argue with it. I, yeah, not, not in any way. It's just, um, it troubles me that you seem to, seems to be, I don't like there to be a need for faith in the genre, but there does seem to be a need for it, even when proceeding from a scientific point um, of view, at least to get the search started. There needs to be some sort yes. of kernel of faith or something. Mm. Um, dog man scares the heck out of me. I hope that's not yeah. a real, because really that just not. brings a whole new game to game <laughs> to the woods. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh. Yeah, couldn't it be a mangy bear or something? It could. I mean, mangy bear. Well, the thing with the chupacabra is they believe it's a coyote with mange, which is where all the hair falls out, and that's what they think a lot of chupacabra videos and Mm. sightings are: is coyotes with a disease that have lost all their hair and are scraggly looking. (laughs) Yeah, well, definitely. At least most of the footage I've seen appears to be that way. Anyway, we've oh, had yeah. it with foxes sometimes. London, mm. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's more foxes than people here. There's clearly <laughs> more in the countryside. I, we just have three living in our bush in the front garden. Um, they're just everywhere. They're lovely. I actually really like them, but they're yeah. terrible. I like, we have uh, foxes in, on Michigan and a lot of them too. I've, we, where my property is up north in Michigan. Uh, we actually had a fox den on our property, and the baby oh. foxes would play around while we'd have a fire yeah. and stuff like that. They're red foxes. They were so pretty. They're cute. Yeah, they're really cute. Yeah. They are. Really cute. But here, I mean, they eat all kinds of garbage in, in London. It's dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we go, I think we should probably mm-hmm. wrap it up. But just to, to yes. let everybody know where they can find you now, because the, the book's going to be coming mm-hmm. out. So when's the book coming out? What's it going to be called, if you know already? And where can they find you to get involved with what you're doing? Um, my name is Alyssa Hemsley, and I'm calling my book The po- Biological Possibility of Sasquatch. I am currently working, and very early in the next few months, I would plan to get it finished, but I'm very excited for it. And I've gotten a little bit done so far, but still got a lot to go. <laughs> and awesome. it's, I'm doing a slow process because I want to make sure it's very credible and scientific yeah. and accurate. I yeah. want to make sure that my book is scientifically based. I don't want any misidentifications or unclarity in it. And uh, on Facebook, I'm Melissa Hensley. You can, you know, it's very, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's great. And if they find you on Facebook, they can message you, they can contact you. That's, that's yes. all good. Yes. That's fine. And we'll put those details uh, on the interview mm-hmm. as well. I advise everybody okay. out there who's thinking of following somebody amazing who's done a good, going to do uh, amazing work to follow Alyssa because she's Thank fantastic you. and she will lead the way in Sasquatch research. Alyssa, thanks so much for coming on. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. See you soon.